Hey y'all, welcome back. Part three coming up in just one second here on the Chase Must Podcast here on a Saturday, June 18th, 2022 edition on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, if you missed part two and part one of the show, guess what? They're all in one place over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or however you get your podcast. Uh, if you subscribe to the feed, you will get access to all the episodes every single day so part one with uh late kicks josh pate of 247 sports and uh part two with ryan shempert of rocky top insider on all things tennessee balls all that one place here on this saturday edition of the chase most podcast so go check all those out if you have not already done so uh coming up right now though 929 the games garrett chapman to talk all things Atlanta falcons training camp what uh, he's seen so far in june watching practice up there in flowery branch it's a lot of hawk stuff boggy bandana eh, bogdan but but eh, wow okay i'm not redoing this whole thing bogdan bogdanovich i was gonna do bogey bogdanovich and then i was like i should probably do the full name so there you go that's what happens when you do that in the middle of a read so there you go um we do that deandre hunter's extension that might be on the way who stays who goes looking at some lineup numbers plus minus uh on off numbers all that fun stuff and then of course a little mls and atlanta united and what mls is doing with apple tv in 2023 with wednesday and saturdays and how that will help especially in atlanta united where attendance has not looked great of late um so that should help and uh all that good stuff so all that coming up in just one second here on the Saturday, June 18th, 2022 edition on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe, all our videos, all that good stuff. Check all that out. Email the program, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Tweet at me at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. All right, part three as we wrap up this Saturday edition of the show. Coming up in just one second, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast, the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Atlanta Sports Guys with the real number two. People forget that Max Markovich has always been the number three on this edition <laughs> of the podcast. People forget, people forget. But Garrett Chapman, number two. Not only is he number two here, he's getting some warm-up time because he's yeah. going to be co-hosting his own radio show on Saturdays, I want to say. Is Saturdays. That right? Saturdays Dopey throughout the, the rest of the summer. Rest, rest, of of the summer. The, rest of the summer. Yeah, we kind of... I, I don't know if we like officially have the name. I guess it is official, I, yeah. I guess, now. We, we sort of floated the idea, and then uh, our program director came up, and he was like, yeah, what about this name? And it's like, that just so happened to be the exact name that we were throwing around. So the Dopey Millennials, that's what we're going to be going with. Um, but yeah, every, every Saturday, I think Saturday evening in some small slot, but it's a really cool opportunity and chance to be on live radio. So lots of fun. I don't think you're dopey. Oh, it's, it's a reference. So, um, we have another host on the, we have a host on the station who basically calls the millennials at the station, dopey millennials, Mm. very common term. So we just sort of embraced it and now we've sort of made it our own and now it's our own show. So it's worked for us, and, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if it. We'll see how the show goes. But um, so it's only first for the summer. It's not in the fall. It's not. It's not going to carry over. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. We well, got a, make sure We have a certain number of shows that were handed to us, and we are. Uh, and hmm. then is after that, we'll figure it out. But, there you go. I yeah, like to room see for it. growth. Yeah, opportunities. Absolutely. Opportunities are coming. So that's that's really exciting. Nineteen on the game. Check it out. Saturdays. It starts next Saturday. Correct. Two Saturdays from now. I think two I Saturdays. screwed okay. it up. So it's July 2nd. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think that's two Saturdays from now. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. There you go. Well, that's exciting, man. I'm, I'm excited for you. Um, but we also have some Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Hawks stuff to talk about. Um, I wanted to first ask you. So you've been just popping in in pictures all week <laughs> at Flowery Branch. I'm a busy uh, guy. Burning your ass off. Are you wearing an SPF 100? Garrett, are you? Prepared? I actually forgot sunscreen. I forgot That's sunscreen, and I wore pants because I came directly pants. from work. Oh yeah. Oh no, it was terrible. I had a polo. Oh. I came straight from work. I came straight from work because I forgot my um, my change of clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left it at home, and I left. I I got out of the office late, and so I said, "Oh God, I can't fight through traffic. I gotta go." Because they're driving all the way up to Flowery Branch. It's like forty-five minutes. Yeah. And it could turn into an hour Minimum. and a half. You never know. Would, yeah. And I'm like, I cannot miss Arthur Smith on the podium. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, wouldn't you know, I got there before the gates even opened. 
Mm. Um, because that's, that's just the way that life laughs in, laughs in your face every now and then, you know? So I got there. I had pants on. I had a polo. I had dress shoes. We were standing out on a football field. And, uh, yeah, it was about 105 degrees. I didn't have sunscreen. I'm basically uh, the second coming of the moon itself. Right. Um, as pale as I am. And, uh, yeah. I mean, just as I a was... redhead. Like, that's part of your plight. <laughs> but it was enough for, it was enough for, uh, I, I stayed out there long, a good long while, longer than most people up there. Um, How long are we talking here? I, we I was there. I so... Mrs. Chapman, who's hearing this, and just <laughs> devastated. No, we were, I was out there for uh, two hours, and then I took a break real quick, just after a little bit, because I had to go back in and cut audio anyway, so I just went mm-hmm. inside, took a, a reprieve. Let's call it a reprieve. I like and then I went back out there. Most people most people were gone by that point. Well, they had come back inside, so I was like, yeah, this is my chance to go back out. Um, and then naturally, Eric Harris makes fun of all of us because we, we were standing in the shade because, you know, it's 100-plus degrees outside, and yeah. I'm not paid millions of dollars to be at football practice. So, sorry. <laughs> if, I, if I have a chance to uh, stand and, and cut, the, cut the heat by 5 degrees, I will do it. And I don't have any shame. I was standing next to Tori McElhaney. We were, yeah. we were talking and, 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 uh, and cutting up what we were, what we were seeing on the field. Um, mm. And then Eric Harris just out of nowhere is just like, "Hey man, how you doing?" Like Scott Bear is the uh, like the digital yeah, guy for the podcast. Yeah, two. he was there. Mm. He got called out by name by Eric Harris. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. So Scott took it upon himself to step out from underneath the shade, and yeah, that was his decision. <laughs> and so, I yeah, would just, our, I would have yeah. owned it. I would have been like, "What are you?" Oh no, what? yeah, like sorry, I'm in the shade. Yeah, what you want me to fight the sun? Do you want me to go one on one with the sun in the octagon? What is that? Oh, what you're no. asking? No, I I would I've gone one on one with the sun mm-hmm. one too many times. Um, one I'm time pretty is good too about many. it. Like I never really get burned anymore, but I'm pretty good about it. I'll go long sleeves. I don't care. My legs are fine. Like if they get a little tan, they're fine. But yeah. I go long sleeve. I run in long sleeves a lot. And I don't know how you do that. I have to because I just I I cover. You're, you're as pale as I am. I'm pretty fair skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're and, we're pretty similar. Yeah, and I have to, I don't know, I just have no interest in skin cancer uh, later in my life, and I have no interest in burning. Like, I burned, I put on pretty good amount of sunscreen when we were in Jacksonville last summer, and, like, that experience of really burning and just how uncomfortable I was for the next couple days, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. What am I doing? Like, I'm doubling up. I don't care how much SPF 100 I'm putting on my body. I am never dealing with that ever again. There's no point. My toxic trait is that I still think that I can get a base tan. Ugh. Yeah, you got to So uh, that's, I guess, well, I've embraced that toxic trait, and I will see what I can do with it, you know, because this is the year. This is definitely the year that I get a slight tan. It won't happen. It's not going to uh, happen. I'm no. just going to turn around. Um, I've, yeah. I've had bad enough sunburns that I should know better. Mm-hmm. Like the ones where, like, you get the little whatevers, uh, the welts or whatever. Ooh, Ooh. not good. Welts. I've had those. Oh, God. oh no, it's like it, it verges on second-degree burn. Yeah, those are not very good. So I've had. Those. I would say so. Yeah, and so I should know better. I should know better, and yeah. uh, I'll know for next time. Pack a bag and include mm-hmm. sunscreen. I, I honestly didn't even get the sun hat's clutch. Have you done the sun hat yet? I'm no. I'm getting a bucket hat. I'm getting it a PFG. Oh. Yeah, those like fishing. Yeah, the shirts. Columbia fishing hat. Yeah, big yeah. Columbia. Dude, yeah, I'm dude, gonna get one Col- of those. The Columbia long sleeve dry fit fishing shirts are the most keep you cool. Actually, they that's keep the, you extremely the, cool. Yeah, it's that's one of the like it's almost oxymoronic, but mm. you know, it it works. It gets the job done. I used to wear those for, I, I kind of pulled your leg earlier, but it's like I yeah. used to wear those when I played summer league baseball. Yeah, like, I used to wear the long sleeve, and people would be like, "Oh my god, how are you wearing that?" I'm like, "God, oh, dude, I'm cool as shit. I yeah, it's great. Hundred <laughs> percent fine." No, but it was it, honestly being up there, seeing everything. Um, I, I know we 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 have some Tori McElhenney articles and, and yeah. stuff that you you, had, Good stuff. you mentioned. Um. And she hit the nail on the head. I mean, honestly, the energy that you feel at Flowery Branch right now is just, it's different. It's something feels different. I mean, like, I don't think this team is necessarily going to win a lot of games. Sorry. Like, I, they just don't, I don't see that. Um, but they're going to be competitive and they're going to fight and they're going to play hard. Uh, and I respect that. I think we, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but they remind me a little bit of last year's version of the Detroit Lions. Not necessarily a good football team. Mm-hmm. But they're a team that's going to fight hard and, and improve every week, and that's really all you can do. Um, 
Like that's what the week by week. And yeah, we haven't seen them in pads. So I'm not going to overreact to much, but these guys are like the, the energy that you felt from the players. Like you, we had AJ Terrell and the rest of these defensive backs, like kind of messing with uh, Kyle Pitts and, and the rest of the offense. And there was like that competitive nature where everyone's fighting and they all have this big chip on their shoulder because of people like you and me who are saying that they have absolutely no chance. And I love that. Look, you're a football player. You're paid to win games, and we don't think you will. Prove us wrong. So I, I love that mentality that Arthur Smith is in, and um, that he's instilling in this in this team up there at Flowery Branch. I'm excited to see what they can do. I don't still. I don't think they're going a lot of games, but I, I think they're going to play hard. And really, that's all you can ask for from this team. I think the wins is just so hard to forecast because a we don't know who's going to be under center. That's a big indicator of yes. what kind of season we're going to have. Yeah. Uh, B, I don't really know what to make of the Saints and Bucks. Like this, what if Brady just falls off a cliff and he's actually just I'm bad? waiting for him to fall off a cliff. Well, but, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. So I'll probably be retiring before Tom Brady does. Yeah. And so. I mean, <laughs> Jameis and just the changeover in New Orleans, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think if the Panthers are as bad as they were looking in the summer, like the summer, like the Falcons should be better. I think there's a case that they're better than the Panthers next year. Um, I don't know. I just think it's we'll have to see who's under center. We have to see how healthy this defense is because something else that Dean Peace said that was interesting and uh, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons did a really good uh, episode on this the other day. I was uh, walking listening to this where uh, Pease mentioned that he only installed 60% of his defense last year and he's at 100% this year. And you're like, okay, well, if it's 100% Dean Pease defense now and the defense should be better, I think – one of the biggest things that I need you to ask uh, Casey Hayward about this, Garrett, because he's from Perry, Georgia, mm-hmm. I learned this week. And I've driven through Perry, Georgia many a times <clears throat> in my, my days. And for folks not familiar, Perry, Georgia is the home of the Georgia State Fair. Mm-hmm. And when you drive through it, you don't see much, but you see the fairgrounds as you're driving across it. And I need to know from someone who actually grew up in Perry, is that a thing? Was he just going to the fair all the time? Was it just like something you grew up just, man... Is it fair season already? Like when it when's fair season? I'm ready for this. That means it's football season, right? Yeah. yeah. I want to know. Did he go to the fair every year? Uh, I just want to know what that's like growing up in a city where your main economic model is the fair. I don't know. But anyway, he's it's on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually did. We did. We actually did just talk to him um, okay. on Wednesday when I was up there. So he mm-hmm. was one of the players that they they made available to the media. Um, and he actually said some interesting things about this defense specifically. Not not nothing on Dean Pease necessarily. It was just that the secondary is going to be very good. And I'm okay. Yeah. And then we asked him to to kind of elaborate, and he says, "Well, we have some young safeties who most mm-hmm. people haven't seen a lot from." Yeah, I agree. Richie Grant played out of position last year. I think he he has a lot of potential uh, in year two. He can probably be. I've said it on this podcast. He has the most room for growth. I think of probably anybody outside of well, probably outside of anybody. Room mm-hmm. for growth on the entire draft class from last year, um, and if he shows that improvement and he makes that giant leap forward, plus you add in Casey Hayward, you add in a top five cornerback in AJ Terrell, who I think is proving himself and cementing himself as a top five, if not better, cornerback in, in, in excuse me in, in the NFL. Then you're looking at a pretty solid pa- uh, secondary. And if you add in a decent pass rush, something that gets you a little bit more than 18 sacks, I mean, good God, give me a little bit more than, than 18 sacks. If you can give me 25 to 30 sacks, this secondary is had 18 to... sacks on his own at Alabama last year. No, he had 18 and a half. He had 18 yeah, Will, and a half. Yeah. So yeah. Will Anderson for, by himself had more sacks at Alabama this year. TJ Watt. TJ mm-hmm. Watt had more sacks. Um, like, look, we would have been third. Mm-hmm. Our defense would have been third on the individual sack list in the NFL last year. That's not good. And you're not going to win football games with that. No. So give me 30. Give me 30 pass, uh, the sacks. I think that's that's achievable. I think they can do that. And then you add in the the, the talent that you've added and, and the just continue to improve in the secondary. I think this could be a pretty solid unit. Um, I think it's something that they'll be able to like actually hang their hat on. I think the linebackers got worse and the pass rush got a lot better. Um, so Dean P's year two, you like 60%, like you said, I, look, I'm expecting improvement. I don't expect them to get any better than maybe top 25 or something like that, but that's still better than what they were last year. I would agree. And I also just think a healthy Isaiah Oliver in the slot is yeah. huge. If they get a healthy, like, that's the other thing is like, if Oliver plays 17 games, 
and you get Hayward healthy and Terrell's healthy and Grant and Hawkins bounce back, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think there's there's a lot of upside. It's still more, I think we feel better because it's like, oh, we're not relying on Eric Harris uh, in the back end. Like he's just a utility guy now, a veteran yeah. presence. And that's kind of where he needed to be anyway. But last year they were just really undermanned. And you're like, okay, well, we have to play Deion Jones. And we have, even though it's not going well, well, now you have options where it's like if Deion's struggling, well, we have guys behind him who can step in. Um, Mikhail Walker being a wild card. People like him. Lorenzo Carter is in the building that was not in the yeah. building last year. So he's a big man, by the way. I could see that. Have you ever seen him in person? No. He, ooh. He he is he is a very large. Who's the most surprising person. person to see him? Per- like who's the most? Uh, John Fitzpatrick. Really? John Fitzpatrick, the uh, tight end. He went to Maris. Does he make the team? Yeah, yeah. As okay. far as I know, yeah. I mean, they they haven't cut rosters yet. They made a couple. Well, I'm cuts. saying they made two cuts. The they made yeah. two cuts. I th- he'll make the team. He'll make okay. the team. He'll be a blocking tight end with a little bit of uh, room for growth. Mm. Um, very raw tight end, but you see him in person. That man is six foot nine. Six hmm. nine, unbelievably big. Yeah, he we I actually saw him uh, first day of rookie minicamp. That was the first mm. time I ever I had seen him in person, and we're on field level, and I'm like maybe twenty yards away from him and Arthur Smith. They're standing next to each other. Mm. He made Arthur Smith look like just a tiny little man. Arthur Smith is a big person, you know. He's like yeah. six foot three, six four, like whatever. Fitzpatrick was towering over this man. So no, hmm. he's he's probably one of those like, oh, okay, that guy's that guy's big. But then yeah. you see any offensive lineman. And offensive lineman, defensive lineman generally, they're always gonna be giants. But yeah. No, Fitzpatrick really threw me for a loop just seeing him hmm. just in person. That's interesting. What about Ritter and Marietta? What's the size difference between them up close? You would actually be amazed when you see these guys play, mm-hmm. you can't really tell them apart. Hmm. They're, they are both very crisp in their throws. Um, their throwing motion's a little bit different, but as far as their stature and just when you see them, they were doing some passing drills on the side after they uh, we were we were instructed to put away our uh, instruments because um, they were actually pulling out the playbook and stuff like that. So makes what, sense. Hold on, you're pulling out like do they when they say instruct? Like what? Oh, they told us we had to put away cameras and stuff. No, but I'm saying like what if you're like no. Not going to do that. Oh, then they'll throw us out. Okay, so they will. You think they? Oh, do they will kick you out. They will. Okay. Yeah, that's like they, they ask you very nicely, but they mm-hmm. say it's not like okay. an airplane type deal where. No, it's 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 like well they will they, no it's like an airplane where they'll turn the plane around and kick you off. Like, <laughs> okay. It's one of those. Well, <laughs> I, I meant like the airplane type thing where they're like, "Can you put your phones away before we take off or whatever?" Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's very much like put your phone away. Interesting. Do it right now. Hmm. <laughs> and so um, no, but but they're they were off on the side while everybody else yeah. is doing team drills. Um, well, not team drills, but like actually seven on seven and stuff like that. They had the backup quarterback in there, the third string guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just had a little competition between Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. And they were just throwing into those, little, you know, those like three hold little nets. Do you know what I'm talking about? They have a little hole here, little yes, hole here. Little, yeah. yeah. And they were like trying to hit each one and they had to move to a different random direction and hit their spot. Mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter won. And, but at the end of the day, they looked very similar and the way mm-hmm. that like they're, they're recognition the physical things like everything like that they look very similar um but both of them i I, we've talked to both of them this week both are very impressive at least in their ability to talk to the media and the way they control locker room and and the way their teammates respect them Mm. they seem to have that uh and if they don't have it they're they're building towards that and and so this this does seem to be like a tight team um a lot of camaraderie and Mm. so i'm I'm interested to see what what that looks like in training camp after four weeks off that's interesting. I have you seen Franks at tight end at all? Did you see him line up there and catch any passes? Uh, any routes? He didn't really impress me all that much. He, yeah. I saw him drop a few passes. Um, he's very athletic. Kyle Pitts talked about how athletic he is and how how he's like he's glad that he's in the in the tight end room with him. But we'll see. We'll see. Find you somebody I mean, that believes in you, like uh, Arthur Smith believes in. Felipe he loves Franks. Felipe. He <laughs> loves Felipe Franks. I, I don't. I don't know what he sees in Felipe Franks necessarily. I yeah. saw some pretty ugly drops, and look, I only know of one other quarterback that's tried to transition from quarterback to tight end, and that was Tim Tebow, and it did not go very well. I know <laughs> it's it's kind of weird that it's like a tight Florida end is connection. a tough position, and ironically, yeah, they're both Florida quarterbacks. Yeah, I didn't even think about that part. Yeah, I mean, 
it's it's a tough transition for anybody yeah. to play tight end. Tight end is one of the most like underrated, most difficult positions on a, on a football field. Yeah, and just but it to seems like transition, like wants that. to do it though, right? Like I think Frank's is like up to it. Like he wants to make this transition. I think he knows the only way for him to he'll make the roster. The yeah, yeah. Tebow didn't want to do it. Um, I remember listening to or reading Marty's book, uh, Marty Smith, and he talked about he had a chapter on Tebow, and I think um, Tebow did not really have an interest in uh, playing football if he was not the quarterback, just because he's like, well, I mean, it's just not the same thing. It's not I don't ha- I don't control the game. Like I think it was yeah. about the competitive fire where I'm not in control of get, bringing my team back and that sort of thing. Like I, I imagine that's got to be really hard if you grow up being the man who everyone turns to in the huddle to be like, go get, uh, we got to get this done. We can do this guys. And then be just the tight end where you're not leading the huddle. You're not leading the charge. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it's like not why he got into football. It's it's super interesting. So that's why I was like, Oh, I'm not really surprised this did not work out. Cause I just don't think that's what he wanted to do. Um, but there was a really good piece on uh, Kristen grows by Tori McElhaney on AtlantaFalcons.com that I would highly encourage uh, folks to go check out because this thing I mean it was so interesting because her rise um, and the way she got the job I thought was super super cool she was sending out Starbucks gift cards uh, along with her uh, cover letter and uh, eventually got Dave Caldwell's attention who I think had a cup of coffee in Atlanta um, during the Mike Smith there if I remember correctly um, he was an the, offensive coach or something yeah I think yeah I think in a yeah for sure he period. was th- yeah, and then he was in uh, Jacksonville for a long period of time, obviously, as their GM, bring her in, and she's just like a cap guru, and she's someone who has risen up the ranks in football administration, and just kind of like a trailblazer, um, and Terry Fontenot uh, definitely trusts her and looks to her, and um, I just highly encourage people to check out this piece, because it's pretty pretty cool to see uh this story and just the falcons are just they have a lot of different uh perspectives that uh this administration is turning to where i i don't know i like i like that that they're just going a lot of different ways what did you make of it i haven't haven't i haven't actually finished the whole thing yet but it's It's kind of a long one it is pretty long it's pretty long but it's 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 interesting i mean it shows that well terry fontenot and the atlanta falcons are looking unique avenues to mm-hmm. fulfill like what they're trying to do as a team. And I love that, you know, like they're actually filling it out, you know, like mm-hmm. going like, and trying out different things and the things that are going different ways. So, um, look, this is in this league, you're looking for any advantage that you can get. And, and, and if you have somebody like this, who is actually giving you a, a bona fide advantage, no matter how big or small you go for it. And it's from what I've read from this article so far, it's like she really does give it a, like a legitimate advantage to the Atlanta Falcons. And I love that. Yeah, I I agree. Um, have you seen any Jalen Mayfield? Have you talked to Jalen uh, this camp yet? Jalen came to the media at one point. Um, sorry, my computer's about to die. <laughs> That's Excuse not me. good. Yeah. Um, give me one second. Sorry. There you go. We're keeping all this in the podcast, by the way, folks. Uh, you never know where this podcast is going to go, and that includes Garrett getting his charger. As we, we you would think, I've never done live radio before, right? No, you're all but, good. Uh, sorry. No, this is good. Yeah, this is this good is the content. Right? Podcast and radio. <laughs> exactly. I can actually hide, you know, and mm-hmm. just do, do it real quick. Um, no, but Jalen Mayfield, I think. <clears throat> The bar is literally the floor. So mm-hmm. he has to get better. He has to be better. But they brought in competition to make sure that he is showing that improvement, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's going to have a leash. He, I think he's going to be the starter, depending on how camp goes. Um, is he in the mix at center? Like who? Because there's a team no, in the no, mix no. there. No, no, no. Okay. They just signed somebody else. Who? What's the gentleman's name? Uh, uh, something Harrison. Something Harrison. Well, you have he's Dahlman. Like, and then Dolman's there, Hennessy's there. Yeah. Um, they were taking snaps. Both were taking snaps for the first team. I did notice that. Um, so but they just brought in a veteran center. They brought in okay. a veteran center, something Harrison. I can't remember his first name. Hmm. Um, but he's going to be coming in taking snaps. They're, but look, your left tackle is figured out. You got Jake Matthews. Jonathan yeah. Harrison is. Jonathan Harrison, yeah. I think he played for like the, the Colts or something at one point. I'm just trying to remember back from He was originally, he's played for the Colts, the Jets, the Giants, the Bills, and now. 
uh, the Falcons. Yeah, he's been around. He's Six been a journeyman. Three oh eight. Been in the NFL eight years. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Florida guy. We'll see. He's got a history of. Uh, well, he moves, but he plays. He has eighty what eighty some odd games. Yeah. So, um, look, he's going to be a fixture. He's a veteran presence. He's somebody who can take snaps if you need him to. Um, and he, he's got better size than some of these than Hennessy does. So we'll see. Obviously, yeah. but we have two positions that are figured out on that offensive line. You've got your left tackle and Jake Matthews. You've got Caleb McGarry at right guard. Outside of that, figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. um, or not Caleb or uh, the uh, Lindstrom. Chris yeah. Lundstrom, excuse me. Um, and then Caleb McGarry at right tackle, but you don't really know if he's going to be playing or not. I'm assuming so he's going to be starting. Jermaine Ufedi, yeah. Ufedi, so we'll yeah. see. Is but you bring in a guy like Schaefer. Reps? Yeah, but you bring in Schaefer, you bring in these other guys. I mean, like they're going to have competition on the offensive line. Yeah. And I didn't really put too much stock into what I was seeing in OTAs just because you don't have pads on. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you going to figure out from an offensive line when you don't have pads on? You know? Yeah, you can't like they can't hit, they can't move, they can't show any mean streak really at all, and so uh, I'll figure out more once I actually see them in training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean this is going to be this offensive line was miserable last year. It's been miserable for the past couple of years. Yeah, um, you just signed Jake Matthews to an extension. Caleb, or excuse me, uh, Chris Lindstrom. I keep calling him Caleb McGarry. Chris Lindstrom is, is doing my this. thing with our guy Troy Anderson. Not quite as bad. <laughs> Troy Anderson's actually on the roster. And Caleb McGarry's actually on the roster. Whoever, whatever this other guy's name that you were saying. No, that's th- what I'm saying. It's Troy Anderson. I always would say Troy Morgan for whatever reason. Yeah, you'd say Troy Morgan or something. Yeah. But it's Don't like, do this to me. I've, this gotten it, I've got it down to Troy Anderson now. Let's <laughs> Troy not Anderson. It. You said it 50 times in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, basically. But look, you've got those two guys who are going to be Anderson. getting... Ex- yeah, exactly. I love Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson, if he was with the starting linebacking group and and he looks good I, i'm he excited the to starting see linebacker group it looked like that's what it looks like that's huh. what it looks like who is it who is um with? but it's also Dion jones is is not practicing yeah so so who I, are the starting two linebackers who do they have i didn't see the other one i didn't see the other one um offhand i just more noticed that troy anderson was starting with him i bet you it was um, mikhail i bet it was i bet it was i just didn't see him he was yeah. on the other side um and i just i noticed and and it just popped into my head just now. I just, uh, I didn't see who, who was on the other side, but Deion Jones, mm. I would expect Michael Walker, M- Michael, Michael Walker to be on that, that other guy. So mm. we'll see. Um, but the offensive line is something I'm going to be looking at because it's been miserable. It's been terrible yeah. for the past couple of years. Um, but you also read about the situation of Mayfield, not really getting any practice was not supposed to play left guard last year, thrust into left guard yeah. and big responsibility. And he just wasn't ready for it. And then he just got his confidence destroyed mm-hmm. just being un- ill-prepared yeah. and that sort of thing i just yeah. i don't know he can only go up he can only yeah. go up but it's also like they're like we can't really wait on you so we're gonna draft schaefer and we're mm-hmm. gonna see so you're gonna have some competition so I, I don't know i think there's more depth than they had a year ago at the very least oh significantly more depth Signic- significantly and you got the guy like schaefer that's one thing i loved about him when he was at georgia specifically mm. is that he's a guy who can play left tackle he can play left guard and he can play center he took snaps everywhere yeah, and that was something that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith really put an emphasis on in this draft cycle was finding guys who can do everything, mm-hmm. because they see that there's a serious advantage when you have Swiss Army knives. You know, mm-hmm. you have a guy like Corey Patterson, he can do everything. Avery Williams, he can do everything. Like th- that's just what you want from from your football team. You don't want somebody who's typecast into one thing and that's it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's what they see with a, a Desmond Ritter. He's not exactly he's a he's a good passer. He's a good runner. You got him in the third round, but he can do it all, you know? So I think that's really the goal of this regime, at least in the early, early period, is to try him in different spots and see what you can get. But Jalen Mayfield, look, like you said, he started more games at, le- at left guard in the NFL than he did in college. Hmm. And, and then you have OTAs. They weren't even in person until training camp, Yeah, you know? You completely remove the rookie mini camps and the opportunities to learn the playbook and then you just push him into a position he's never played before, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was supposed to be the backup last year, too, wasn't yeah. he? There was a, they had the, I don't remember who the starter was just offhand, but, and he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, hey, Jalen, this is your job now. Here, come play a position you've never played at the highest possible level. Right. Oh, yeah, by the way, the first team, guys you're going to be going up against, Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox and all these other guys, weeks one and two and three. And it's, okay, great. Yeah, Good he luck. didn't do very well. And then he got tore apart by the media 
which myself included, I'm, I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then his his press conference was it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Basically, he was just being repeatedly reminded how terrible he was last year, and his confidence must be shot to some yeah. degree. We'll see. We'll he seems see. to have the confidence of his teammates and his, well, at least at least Arthur Smith. He's got the confidence confidence of his coaches because he's still on this roster. But look, he'll, I think he's another one of those guys who can take a big leap. Not mm. necessarily in the same level as Richie Grant, but I think he can. If, if he can just jump up to average, that's huge. I would agree. Um, I would agree. Um, Garrett, let's transition to the Hawks. Sure. I want to get your perspective. We're doing our weekly reviews for certain players. Um, I want to do this week. We did Hunter last week. I want to get your perspective on what you saw over the course of a full season. Bogdan Bogdanovich, who did get surgery, have surgery again, so he's out for a little bit um, as he tries and uh, gets back to 100%. Because man, the dude is when he plays, he's one of my favorite Hawks, um, and he has unfortunately not been able to stay fully healthy his run here. But um, he's been a really good player. I think he's someone that this uh, regime really trusts. Nate really trusts. Uh, Trey trusts. But um, the shooting's been streaky. But he's still someone you probably want to go to war with and is not scared to take important playoff shots and create his own shot. Um, what did you make of his season? Uh, and how much of it did you see of a drop-off between what you saw uh, two years ago versus last year? Uh, he's, in a, he's a very important player on this Hawks team. Um, look, I mean, he was coming in and filling in that six-man role. I thought he did a pretty admirable job, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um but really, it was just his efficiency from three. It just it really dropped off from a year from year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was forty plus percent from three last year. This past year, he didn't he didn't hit forty. Um, and I think the Hawks felt it. The Hawks really, really felt it in the win totals because you have a guy like Bogey, who's just all of your numbers just drop from year to year. He's probably one of the biggest reasons why the Atlanta Hawks suffered this year. Um, but he's also the, one of the most important players on this team. Mm. Um, I, part of me thinks I'm very torn with Bogey because, like you said, he has failed to remain healthy, and then he's just had another surgery, um, not even with Hawks doctors, which I thought was very interesting as well. Hmm. Um, but it was very, very quiet. No one mentioned anything. Um, but I'm very torn with him just for a few reasons. One, because he is so important, and he is he can be so good. He's a guy who can go get you 30 points in a game. I mean, look, you saw him do it in the playoffs last year. He was extremely important for this team. But when he's not available, this team really suffers. And yeah. when he plays poorly, this team suffers even more. Because, I mean, look, you're, you were looking to him this year uh, to be your primary scoring option when Trey Young was not on the floor. He was also a primary distributor when Trey Young was not on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just wasn't really effective in that role this year. Last year, he had Lou Will. I think that made a big difference for him. Um, but he's a guy, if, if you can add like a second... DeLon Wright was very good at what DeLon Wright was trying to do. Ne- not necessarily within the flow of what the Hawks were trying to do. And I think that Lou Williams... not Well, the fact that Lou Williams wasn't playing, I think, had a big effect on, on Bogey Bogdanovich. Um, at least with that second unit. Mm-hmm. I want to see him on this roster next year just because of how important he's been to this team. Uh, I think he can, because he can come off the bench. He can play a starting role. He can, he's probably one of your only good perimeter defenders outside of DeAndre Hunter, who's going to be playing. He's he's a little bigger, but he's like, this guy's, he can guard a one or two. He can force steals. Like that's his main thing. He forces turnovers. Like he's pesky. He tries and does stuff. Yeah. But he's, he's somebody who can actually do something on defense. Like he has a pulse at least. My God, he has a pulse. And he's good size. He's 6'6". Yeah, he's got good size. And, and so I want to see him on the roster. Mm-hmm. But if he is the difference between us getting a, I don't know, a, a top flight guy. Like if, if he's the difference in us getting a case, Donovan though. Mitchell or yeah. a Bradley Beal or, or DeAndre Ayton or something. Sorry. Peace. Thank you for everything you've done here in Atlanta. Sayonara. But otherwise, I want to see him on this roster. So, if that makes sense. 
I just don't want any part of the Aiden thing. Like, maybe the stuff in Phoenix that the way it ended is just a blip and it's nothing to be concerned about. But <clears throat> I was talking to uh, Evan Powell of Hawksbeat uh, yesterday, and what I asked him, like, which one made more sense to him and um, if it came down to Gobert or Aiden, where, like, a sign-in trade is possible for either of those two this summer. Who would you? Who do you think would fit better with Trey? And his answer surprised me because he said Aiden. And I don't see it that way. I see it where Trey has been really comfortable with the rim running guys. He loves Clint Capella, kind of like how Harden loved Capella, Chris Paul loved Capella. I think a lot of league guards, high usage guys, like look at Luca. He trusts Dwight Powell. He played better with Dwight Powell. The pick and pop kind of guys, the other superstar bigs, I don't think necessarily plays well. Like KP did not work next to Luca the way we all thought it would. And I think we're seeing, I mean, look at Steph with Kevon Looney and those guys. Like, you kind of want those, if you're going to be a guard high usage team and revolve around your guards, I don't think bringing in a big who thinks he can be Joel Embiid makes a lot of sense to me. Because I think he's just going to lead to unhappiness. Kind of like what happened with John Collins, where John's a really good player. And John, I think, just wants to prove that he can be more than what this offense gives him. I don't think that's what's going to happen but it's his choice and he can do that and i hope yeah. i wish the best for him he's still my number one if i had to like pick who among this team like this team who's around next year who, who is not it's john one and then it's a distant everybody else i think john i would be completely floored if he is on this roster on opening night um that being said i'll miss him dearly but i think trey would love playing with gobert i think gobert and his rim running and what he does, I think Trey would respect it. I think he would look at it as like, I don't have to just get killed. Even if I get blown by on defense, I have Gobert behind me to protect. I think he would value that. I think he would love that people take, like he doesn't have to answer questions of like, Hey, can y'all still build a top 10 defense with you at the point of attack? And just with your limitations on that, like, I think that would all be something Trey's into. And, I don't think Aiton, who would be like, oh, I got five touches, and who doesn't go to the line, who's not a rim-running five, who doesn't shoot the three, who loves the mid-range shot, who does not draw contact, who's a pretty good defender, but he's not Gobert. Gobert, at least you know he's an elite guy, and he is someone that has elite NBA skills, where he, you know how it would work. You know what it would bring to Atlanta. Um, I would just, if it comes down to, like, Capella... Collins and Herder and picks or something like that for Gobert versus something similar to Aiton. I would go, I would go Aiton or I would, excuse me, I would go Gobert. But I also just don't think anyone's going to want the Bowie contract. I think Herder's contract's much more tradable, and I think more teams would be more inclined to include him in a package around uh, Capella and, and, and filler and picks. Um, I think Bogey's on this roster no matter what, and I think that's good because Bogey he was plus. Um, let me see. Uh, per clean glass, he was plus 5.8 differential. He's plus 3.1 the year before and plus 3.1 the year before that. But you look at his numbers, like the lineups with Bogey in this Hawks roster are good. They're, yeah. So the the best lineup the Hawks had in, in all of last year that played 333 minutes together. This was Trey, Bogey, Herter, Collins, and Capella. That was plus 30.3 per 100 possessions. 98 percentile. Uh, that lineup cooked. That lineup cooked. And how many so, minutes did they play? 333. Or 333 possessions, excuse me. Hmm. And the most possessions that were played, uh, what would you guess is the number one uh, in terms of most possessions of any five-man lineup? Because they're, right, they're number two. Mm-hmm. I'd say Kevin Hurt. Um, nope, no Herter. No Herter. Well, Trey. Yep. Um, Bogey? Yes. Okay. John Collins? Yes. Capella. Yes. And DeAndre Hunter. Yep. Plus 7.6. So still positive. Uh, 492 okay. minutes together. Um, but And then the second best Hawks lineup was Dellen Wright. This is wild to me. Dellen Wright, Lou Williams, Bogey, Gallo, and Nkongwu were plus 23.5 and 234 possessions together. 93 percentile mm. in the NBA. Look, I mean, I, I, I'm not... Part of me is surprised, but at the same time, the Hawks have boasted one of the best bench units in the NBA for the last two years. Well, there's so, one common thread. So the top three lineups, 
What's bogey? The Hawks that they ran is bogey. And that's bogey. what I try to tell people. It's like bogey is in every great Hawks lineup. He works. Well, that's why I'm torn. That's yes. why I'm torn on him. It's because he doesn't freaking play. Yeah. Because he's hurt. When was the last time he played a full 80 games? 82 games. I, has he? I don't know if he has. He hasn't in the Haw- in Hawks uniform. He has never. He played seventy eight year one. He was the the number one reason for one of the number one of the top reasons. I don't want to say number one. One of the top reasons why the Atlanta Hawks turned it around last year, not this past year, the year before that. Lloyd Pierce got fired. Yeah, whatever. Bogey Bogdanovich came back from injury. Yes, he did. And then all of a sudden, this roster or this team just started winning basketball games. It's no coincidence. He is one of the most important players on this roster. And that's why I want him to be in a Hawks uniform next year. I also want him to be freaking healthy. Yeah. Please, if this if this knee surgery is finally what he needs to not have these knee injuries or these knee knee problems, mm-hmm. thank God. <laughs> I wish you would have done it a year ago, you know? But I'm not whole that's my only thing is I'm not wholly convinced that he's gonna be on this ro- that, that he's not gonna be healthy. You know, and that's the only thing keeping him from a sure thing on this roster. Um, but the other thing is, you talked about DeAndre Ayton and, and Rudy and Gobert and everything. My biggest thing: how much is, is Gobert making next year, and how long is he under contract? Do you know? I mean, Gobert is like early on his new. Contract. He's twenty nine. Yeah. He's he's a little old. He's significantly older. He's the same age than as Bogey, I think. Uh, twenty nine. Yeah, they're both they're both twenty nine. But one's on this roster and one's not. Gobert's got five years uh, left on his contract. Uh, starting at thirty-five million next year. Wow. Okay. Um, well, Aiden's the point is, the the, but like the point you're is, signing and trading for Aiden or somebody like that. You're paying him forty-five million dollars. Yeah. You're paying him forty-five million dollars, but he's also a lot younger, and he has a much higher ceiling. I don't think so. Aiden's twenty-three. But he's what twenty-three, is a former number one overall pick. He he's been consistently healthy, like for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, I mean, as, healthy. as much as you can ask. Yeah, but I'm not saying he's not, but he's also 29 compared to 23. But I mean, you know? I'm not worried about the 29 part of it because I think ultimately... I, I think Trey Young will make both better, period. It's it's that, but also like <laughs> the window, he's not past his prime, which is the main thing where you have to no. keep Trey oh, happy no, no, no. for the next two to three years. So who cares at year four and year five? You care, you care if you're getting a, a, a dominant big man who's going to be a dominant big man for your franchise for the next decade compared to yeah. the next five years. Five years matters, especially with a guy like Trey Young. If you're like, hey, I can win on this roster for the foreseeable future. DeAndre Ayton may be able to do that. Is it worth an, adi- an additional $10 million though? that's where I'm starting to get a little iffy, you know? So, we'll see. I just, I do not trust guys who I don't know what they're good at. <laughs> Aiton, I don't know what he's good at, and I don't know if that ever happens. And I think he's fine and okay. I think, I think he's still figuring out what he's good at. Can't do it. You don't have time. <laughs> well, for a former number one overall pick, I mean... We just don't have time for that, man. Like, we don't have time to waste. Like, next year is such a pivotal year... That, like, I know if you bring in Gobert, Gobert and Trey get this team in the top four. Like, in the East. They're a top four seed in the East. They, they win a bunch of regular season games. I, I agree. I agree. Because I, I think I think Gobert elevates you defensively. Yes. In a way that Aiton doesn't right now. Mm-hmm. I think that Aiton is a significantly better offensive threat than yep. Gobert. Um, but the thing is, I don't know how well Aiton would even be able to be featured. He's so not. That's the whole does thing. It's it like Trey's not dropping his usage from thirty three percent to twenty seven to keep Aiden happy. That's no, not gonna screw happen. Screw that. Screw that. No. So I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm 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 slowly coming to your team because I think that Trey will make Rudy Gobert better. Mm-hmm. Trey will make DeAndre Ayton better. The difference is Ayton costs ten million dollars more. Mm-hmm. Um and he is a significant downgrade in terms of defense. Mm-hmm. On that side, I think I yeah I think I'm on your team now. Congratulations, I did. <laughs> you and I just convinced you can't that was lines. it. That was it. Well, I just, you have, I just talked my way through it, and look, yeah, one's yeah, younger, yeah. but look, I'm trying to win right now. Yeah, this team is good enough to win right now. You you give me Gobert, you give me Bogey, you give me Trey. Mm. Those three, I'm I'm fine with that. DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre yeah. Hunter, Okongwu, those guys. Because I think you can play... Can you play Okongwu next to a Gobert? I would like to see what it looks like. Um, if Okongwu's shot is better and what he's talking about it, where he's like, I will have a three-point shot, 
him saying that, like, we'll yeah. see. That's still a wait and see. Ben but Simmons also says he can shoot a free throw, so right. we'll, so, we'll see. Yeah. I, I want to see it in action. Shooting right. it on the floor. I've seen these guys shoot in, in pregames and everything. It's not the same as shooting in an NBA game. Sorry. Yeah. Like, it never will be. It well, never will be. we also never thought Collins and Capella would work because of Collins' limitations no, coming into I, the league. And he's he's developed so much with his shot over the years. Like he's John, a, Collins, John Collins has been a fantastic player. He mm. is a fantastic player. He is a top player at his position. He's one of the best power forwards in basketball. Mm. He's not a an untouchable player by any stretch of the imagination. He's probably him and Herter and a pick is probably what it's going to cost for a Gobert, right? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I would I would sign off. Check, send it out. Hot you know, it's interesting too is we never saw a Kongwu. I'm going through all of our five man lineups, and every like I see no possessions of Kongwu and Capella. Did he? They did Nate ever play them together last year? I guess we never no, did it. Not really. Well, because one was normally. Well, we didn't have a backup center. Well, I was just thinking like with Okongwu, John out. Okongwu like, needs to develop into a power forward. That's his natural position. I don't think it's, it matters. Like he can bounce between the two, but it's just more of sure. like you have to like, oh, he, he reminds me a little of Al Horford yeah. like, in that sense where he's like, I'm. he's an athletic big man who can play big yeah. or play on the outside. I just want to see him develop onto the outside. That's so all. So people who are like my main thing with John was just that like it, people who are worried about that spacing. I'm like, well, I mean, people were worried about John and he he figured it out. So Yeah, but the thing is John Collins could figure it out on a team that was winning 25 games. True. So who cares? Yeah. You know. And at this point, well, not who cares. I mean, can you, you imagine the de- the defense? I would love to see the plus minus for a Kongwu and a Gobert. Kongwu, Gobert, and like, DeAndre Hunter yeah. at the three. Oh God, yeah, that'd be that you would and, and Bogey at the Bogey two, and, Trey. and then like, Trey, Trey and yeah. Bogey, fine. Bogey, you guard the perimeter. Someone yeah. on the perimeter, Trey, go stand in a corner. Yeah, like just go catch an outlet pass. Go go stand on the other them. end just of the floor. Feed, no, just feed them inside. Yeah, just yeah. feed them in there. You'll just just stand and pick off lanes. You'll mm-hmm. be fine. You'll. You'll fluff up your numbers like like yeah. James Harden does, and then you'll be fine. You know, Trey would love having just Gobert and a Congo behind him. He would love that. I, who in the NBA wouldn't? Well, I mean, I just think it's, like, it, that that would be one of the more formidable defensive fronts that you would see in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Between the two of them, that'd be very good because you have Okongwu who can stretch to the three point line if needed, and he can play big and he can play small. So I love that. I mean, you saw what he did against some of the best talent. I mean. They, Kept Joel Embiid, all things considered, in check. Yeah, all things considered. Um, and so, I, look, I'm excited to see what this. It's it's going to be an exciting off season the next week. I mean, I'm I'm not really all that into what's happening in the draft because I'm not fully convinced that we're going to make a pick in the first round. Hmm. And if we do, it'll be at seven, maybe, with this Portland Trailblazers pick that I, I doesn't make any sense to me. I guess, but unless it's part of an asset for a larger trade. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. We it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting week for Travis Schlink and company. I would agree. I mean, Landry Fields promoted to GM. Schlink's got the president of basketball ops title. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really anything to the Landry promotion. I think it's just we'll uh, a formality. Yeah. Uh, kind of like that Calvin Booth situation in Denver, where it's like if Schlink gets offered a crazy amount of money to go somewhere else or something like that, yeah. then uh, the Hawks have their in-house replacement ready to go. Exactly. Uh, I don't know, but it's a good rise for him. Shout out to Landry Fields, who's uh, put in the work uh, rising there. Um, I don't know. Like, And then the Hunter extension, I think, quickly on that is just that's coming, and people like you, Max, He's going to be I, a Hawk. The more, I, no the more value, I think about it. Well, there's no value in moving it. Like you just kind of have to ride this out now. Like he, yeah. the value needs to be rebuilt. He's got to prove he can stay healthy over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. And you've seen blips. The whole damn team needs to stay healthy. I want to yeah. see what this team that whatever this team looks like when it stays healthy for a full year is. I think this team could win 50 games. This team, yeah. if it was healthy last year, just the team, I think this is a 50 win team if they're just healthy. And that completely changes the tune that we have of, of this offseason. Yeah. You know? And well, you know what so, help like, is? John I mean, Collins wasn't hurt. Uh, DeAndre Hunter wasn't hurt. If only Bogey wasn't hurt. If only if only we didn't have the COVID outbreak. If only. If only. You know? This is a 50-win team. 
The glue, but they're also just the COVID. Be... All, all else stays the same. This team just doesn't have that COVID outbreak. This is a 50-win team. They went, what, 2-12 or something in that span? It was bad. awful. It was awful. And the NBA kind of screwed the Hawks. It yeah. kind of screwed them. Um, but that's neither here nor there. It, you, you do what you can with what you got. Also, there needs to be like a, an order from the powers that be that like Jalen Johnson, every Hunter game that he's out, like Jalen Johnson's starting. Like you're no, putting him in there. I even forgot about you have speaking to play. of rookies. Yeah. Like he did not play ever. And that's not acceptable. When you look at like the Kamingas and the Moody's of the world, like what we've learned is depth matters and just having young guys that even if there's not a big role for them, you've got to carve out something. Sure. Like he's got to find some way of acclimating him and playing him throughout the course of the regular season in bursts and, I think not playing Jalen ever just because he was a rookie who was in over his head a lot was just a mistake. And we saw like it, this was a play in team anyway. Like you, yeah. you wasted a year of real on court playing time for Jalen as a lottery guy. It's like, no, he's got to be playing. Like the Jalen Johnson has to be playing. That is just, <laughs> he'll play next year. He'll play we'll next see. year. We'll see how much confidence Nate McMillan and Travis Link have in Jalen Johnson. Yeah. He was a raw talent coming out of college. He's a raw talent now. But the thing is, he's going to be raw until you play him. Right. And I don't know. He wasn't, I don't think, based off of things that I heard around the organization, mm. he just wasn't ready. Yeah. Um, that's fine. And that's but fine. These aren't. Just, that's why you No one's ready there. for the NBA. Mm. The only person who's ready was Zion Williamson, and then he proves it. He's not even ready. Yeah. You know? John Morant, well, he's a freak, but mm. not everybody's going to come in and be John Morant. Or even right. Trey Young or Luca or but Trey Young wasn't ready. Trey Young had to went through three months of of really bad basketball, mm-hmm. and it took until after Christmas or so, and he actually turned it around and, and made the Rookie of the Year conversation close, you know, and and got Hawks fans excited about being Hawks fans. So at some point you got to live with the growing pains. But this was a team that was trying to figure itself out and win basketball games at the same time, and we've seen this happen in the NBA. Never. Because it doesn't happen. (laughs) You don't figure yourself out at the same time that you win championships. Um, Look, look at the team that just won yesterday. This is a team that has playoff pedigree. It's a a very... But it was also deep. The main thing with them that you learned was they were 13 to 14 deep. That when guys got... They slowed down like the Celtics had eight or nine, but they wore down. Jason Tatum had nothing left in the tank. And it's just what we're going to see, what we've seen the last couple years, the war of attrition. You have Mm -hmm. to have the depth. And part of that depth is burning regular season games, losing some regular season games, because you gave 40 minutes to Jalen Johnson. Yeah, but the difference is also that you have Steph Curry, who is well, Steph Trey. Curry. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I, I want to see what Trey... Like, I, I want to see Trey put on... I want to see Trey put on another 5 to 10 pounds. Hmm. Like, I'm... Like, like no Trey, advance or buts about it. You're a barbecue. max contract player. You, We can't... Uh, we joked earlier. Like, put him in a corner, put him at the other end of the court, let him cherry pick. No, you're a max contract player. Figure it the fuck out. <laughs> wow. Like, come on. They got some radio promotion and then immediately just <laughs> hot take shot jock. There no, no, no. It's But he's got to get bigger. He's got to get bigger and he's got to be able to play decent defense. If he can't play decent defense for this Hawks team, we're not going to be go to the next. We're not going to be a team that goes to the next level because you saw that even Steph was at least in the action. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in this. I mean, he was playing guys much bigger than he was. He would match up against a Jason Tatum or something. Yeah. Um, Got to play tough. Be tough. Um, MLS quietly did something awesome this week, and yeah. it has to do with Atlanta United. I I saw this and I tweeted about it briefly, but I feel like we have to mention it because Atlanta United kind of it's just been kind of quiet. Uh, it's the letting M- Miguel Almiron leave that just destroyed my father <laughs> and his love for um, Atlanta United. That was that was pretty hard for him. Yeah. Um, but love Mig- Miggy. Love Miggy. everyone did. Like that was just a that was a bummer for a lot of folks, but. Um, they're starting next year. Every game is going to be available. No blackouts on Apple TV. And all games. This is something that's the most under-talked about part of this. Is it's going to be appointment viewing. Where they're putting them all either on Wednesday or Saturday. That's Consistency. Incredible. Consistency. Yes. People it's will awesome. always know when it's on. They will all. Like, that is just the way to do it. I was just like, whoever's running MLS, man. Get them on the phone with NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball because, man, that is how you well, do it. All on but, one channel. 
one place, like you have that one streaming service. I wonder if that's where we're going to go. I'm sure cable companies and networks are going to be like, no, well, that's the gonna... move. Yeah. That's the move. I mean, people were, I mean, so you easier. see Amazon, they had to compete. They had to compete with Amazon. Who's got, just got the, uh, the, the, uh, whatever the NFL for Thursday yeah. night football. We'll see how that goes. But dude, this is a monster deal. 10 mm. years is a long time. That's yeah. a long time. And, well, it's also going to take time. You have to do a long deal with something like that. But yeah, no, but one of the most interesting things with it, uh, with Apple TV, this is a slam dunk for both. Mm. For MLS, because, well, they have a solid partner for the foreseeable future. They don't have to worry about it. They get consistency, and they know people know exactly when and where people are going to be on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. On top of that, like, you also have the World Cup coming. Mm-hmm. This city is going to, or this city and the and this sport is going to see a major boon in the United States in 2026. Mm-hmm. That's what always happens. It, they, they founded the MLS the last time that they were here in the United States in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where this whole league came from, you know, because we didn't have one. And mm-hmm. they're like, all right, this this soccer thing, that's pretty fun. Let's do that. We're gonna see a very similar thing in 2026 after the after the World Cup is here. Um. And Apple is going to own that. They're going to own the rights to that sport. And that's mm. going to be a big deal for Major League Soccer. It's going to be a big deal for Apple. So buy Apple stock. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good. I just saw that and I'm like, that simplifying it for fans goes a long awesome. way. And just Look, I'm a season ticket job. holder. I'm a yeah. season ticket holder. I don't know when games are. Yeah, you know? you'll just find out. You're like, wait, Atlanta United. Oh, no, I get a notification. I, we're... I'll get a notification say, hey, we're here's the starting 11. And I'm like, mm. there's a game today? Uh, okay, thanks. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. But NFL, I'm always like, all right, yeah, it's Sunday. I know yep. what I'm going to be doing. Thursday night, I know, what ha- I know what's happening. Monday, Monday night football, here we go. You know, and the, the consistency matters. I agree. I, uh, I think it's a big, big win, and I think it's something to monitor. Like, that's one of the biggest wins for MLS. Yeah. Uh, that they've ever had. I think that's just a game changer for them. And I'm glad they found a dancing partner finally. Yes. Because Fox Fox kind of made them second fiddle to everything mm-hmm. else that they were doing. I'm not – yeah, they were second fiddle to Fox. So I'm fa- I'm glad they found someone who – they're going to be A1, at mm-hmm. least for now, um, until Apple becomes a bigger player, inevitably, in baseball and other sports like that. You already see what they're doing in baseball with streaming yeah. on Sunday Night Baseball. We'll see – or Monday or whatever day it is. Yeah. Um We'll see how that I think goes. Sunday is like Peacock or something. Sunday is ESPN. Well, I think Peacock's got Sunday too for something, don't they? Maybe. Weren't the maybe. Braves on Peacock on Sunday? Not too late. <sighs> we were. No, that was a Friday. Maybe that's Thursday Friday. Peacock's Friday. got Friday. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But yeah. it, the streaming is the future of this. And um, I, they found a dancing partner, and I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for MLS because I, I want to see soccer continue to grow, and I want to see the United States have a decent freaking team in 2026 when the when atlanta gets the the world cup semifinal hopefully man that uh people i saw a lot of atlanta folks were cheering i was like it's gonna be all awesome. summer is gonna be horrific getting around awesome. atlanta it's the gonna traffic, be traffic awesome. it's 30 days garrett the gonna traffic awesome. is gonna be I, I would not leave my house for those 30 days like That's it's fine. the amount of people that already live in atlanta and that will be coming in to atlanta for this tournament oh it's my be god awesome I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm a sucker for that stuff, too. I'm so old. That's my first thought when I saw that. I was like, oh, traffic. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, that's... Uh, oh, God. Um, they got bird scooters, don't they? We'll have flying cars by then. Don't worry. Do you think so? Flying cars 2026? <laughs> uh, maybe. You never know. Maybe. Garrett you Chapman. Uh, 99 in the Game. Your show. Just to remind folks as we wrap up here. The Dopey Millennials starting July 2nd. Mm-hmm. July 2nd on 99 in the Game. And Streaming everywhere with? on the Odyssey app. And who's it with? Caleb Johnson. Caleb Johnson. Caleb okay. Johnson. Go give him a follow on Twitter if you haven't. There you go. Good Night dude. Down the game. You like it. That's me. Uh, Garrett, thank you as always. Max, we miss you wherever you are, near, far, wherever you are. There's the – I was trying to do the um, Titanic song. I can't remember how it goes. Near, far, <laughs> wherever you are. Oh, buddy. that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not the best. Not bad. Hey, I – there's only one Celine Dion for a reason. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, thank you as always, and I will talk to you next week. 
All right, y'all, that'll do it for part three here on the Saturday, June 18th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Must Podcast uh, on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Saturday edition here of the program. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're going to have uh, probably one more episode coming out this weekend at some point. Um, we're just, uh, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the weekend goes, but another jam-packed week uh, next week with the pod. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys sticking around all week. We have a ton of episodes here on the Chase Most Podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where you get your podcasts, all kinds of great stuff to check out. Like Bucky Brooks was on this week of NFL Network, uh, Jamie on Christian, uh, former head coach at George Washington, just all kinds of uh, big guests and great content all across the board over on uh, this feed here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. So go check out all of our great programs across uh, Blue Wire uh, if you have not already done so, uh, check us out at uh, Like and subscribe the YouTube page, youtube.com slash chasethomaspodcast. Read me, sportsrenaissancemancom Type your email, subscribe today so that you never miss any of my written content, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Uh, there you go. Tweet at me, chase underscore Thomas, and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. And as always, you can email me for any uh, mailbag stuff or anything like that at chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. Thank you guys for sticking around um, and making the chase Thomas podcast part of your daily listen here on the blue wire pod network. I greatly appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys very soon. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.